Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Earlier this week, Ukraine's President Zelensky gave an all-encompassing interview which aired on ERT, the Greek public broadcaster, and was later published in Kathy Merini, in which he discussed Greece's support for Ukraine, Turkey's attempts to mediate a peace deal, Ankara's double standards vis-à-vis the West and Russia, and much more. Yanis Suliotis, who traveled to Kyiv to interview President Zelensky for ERT and Kathy Merini, joins me today to talk about his meeting with Ukraine's president. Yanni, it's great to have you back on our show. Thank you for the invitation, Thanos. Yanni, you were in Ukraine when Russia invaded, reporting for Kathy Merini, and you just got back from a visit to Kyiv where you interviewed Ukraine's President Zelensky. What was most striking to you about the way the war has impacted or changed the country? Thanos, the atmosphere this time was different from early March. When war first started, the whole country was, let's say, in uh, red alert. In every city or uh, village, Ukrainians were constructing barricades and they were buying guns and they were uh, getting prepared for like uh, face-to-face combat with uh, the Russian army. Also, civilians were uh, vigilant, uh, looking for uh, Russian spies and saboteurs. It was really difficult to work under these conditions. For example, my colleague Andreas, who works as a cameraman for a Greek public broadcaster, once took a picture of a church with uh, his mobile. And then we ended up waiting about two hours until uh, security forces checked not only our documents, but every video and picture we had in our devices. Now the situation was a bit different. Most of the roadblocks were abandoned since it was clear that wars evolved in a different manner than expected. While driving in the west part of the country, there were no clear signs of war. Only when uh, we reached the suburbs of Kiev, for example, towns like Makariv or uh, Kalinivka, you could see buildings, bridges destroyed by airstrikes, as well as destroyed armored vehicles and tanks abandoned on the edge of the street. And of course, there was huge queues in gas stations as there's a lack of fuel. And of course, you realize that people there, people who stay there, people who live in Kiev are, let's say, getting used to living in war. At the same time, you could hear the air raid alarm. You could also see someone walking his dog or doing like sport activity. The day after the interview, I found myself in Lviv, which is in the west side of the country. And bars, pubs were full of young people starving, let's say, for life. And then there was an airstrike and five huge explosions upset the city. Keep in mind that this time we didn't go, we didn't travel towards the east where uh, things are much more difficult. Yanni, President Zelensky has become maybe the most talked about politician of our time. What was it like getting to President Zelensky's office and what stood out to you about the president? Thanos, although he looked tired, he was uh, warm and approachable. And this comes in contrast with the fact that he was accompanied by his armed guards even while we were in the office where the interview took place. But you can understand that as a former actor, he's communicative and has great social skills. When he arrived, for example, we shake hands and then uh, he told me, hey, Yanis, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming here. It's so important for us. And then we had a short chat about his visits in Rhodos and Crete. But within minutes, uh, we all felt a bit more comfortable. And my colleagues from the TV crew had, I think, the same impression as me. And I find it important, I really find it important that he didn't ask for uh, neither the questions nor even the topics of our interview the days before the interview. 
he chose to answer spontaneously. And I think this is something indicative of the attitude of the interviewee. I want to get to the substance of the interview. Greece has taken a firm stance in support of Ukraine from day one. And Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias traveled to Ukraine even after the invasion. Did this feature during your discussion? Sometimes during the interview, he thanked two or maybe three times Greece for uh, the support provided to Ukraine, acknowledging, as he said, that it was a difficult decision the Greek government made. But to be honest, we didn't go into further details regarding the kind of support provided. But at the end, he said that after the war ends, when Ukraine wins, that's his exact words, he said that he's planning to visit Greece and more specifically Athens. Since his previous visit, he went to Rhodos and Crete, not in the capital. Last month, President Zelensky spoke to Greece's parliament. And during that address, you know, there was a member of the controversial Azov battalion who was featured. This had caused an uproar in Greece. How did Zelensky address this? He said that when war first started back in 2014, Ukraine didn't have well-equipped and trained armed forces. And therefore, some voluntary armed groups like the Azov Battalion fought against Russian armed forces in Mariupol and generally in the Donbass area. But since then, said President Zelensky, the Azov Battalion has become part of the Ukrainian armed forces and consists of professionals who are now fighting to protect Mariupol. And he added that it's the Russians who act like Nazis. But... If we uh, want to be fair, I have to add that while we were in Mariupol back in late February, we interviewed two Azov battalion veterans, and they both proved to be uh, right-wing extremists. Yanni, I'd like to bring us to Turkey and its position throughout this war. Since Russia's invasion, Turkey's president Erdogan has maintained a balancing act between the West and Russia. What did President Zelensky have to say about Erdogan's fence-sitting? One out of approximately 12 or 13 questions to Zelensky was related to Turkey. The question was the following. Do you find controversial the fact that Turkey wants to play a peacekeeper role in the Ukrainian-Russian war, when at the same time is provoking Greece by violating its airspace? Zelensky answered that as president of a country that is going through war, he needs as much support as he can. If Turkey, said Zelensky, wants to help Ukraine, then we are happy with that. And if at the same time Greece wants to help Ukraine, we are also happy with that, regardless of possible historical problems and disputes between the two countries. And then he added, if we want to be honest with each other, each country has its own agenda. For example, Greece is getting prepared to welcome Russian tourists, although their money are full of blood. That's almost the exact word he used. And at the same time, Turkey. He said, Turkey is trying to help us reach a peace agreement while at the same time is opening new routes for Russian tourists. And uh, President Zelensky added that when discussing Turkey's double standard, a choice has to be made. Are you in favor of truth or not? That's his uh, exact quote. Yanni, instead of, you know, the agreed 30 minutes, your discussion ran for almost an hour. What's your impression of President Zelensky after speaking with him? And what can you say about his and Ukraine's determination for peace? Thanos, as I told you before, Zelensky was communicative and looked spontaneous. He answered all of our questions without trying to avoid anything. And if you ask my opinion, 
I find his answers clear and to the point. I cannot say if he and his associates are determined for peace, but I felt that they were determined to fight for protecting the country's independence. That's what I can say. Yanni, thanks for joining us again on The Greek Current. Thank you, Thanos. Great being here. In other news, the European Union has proposed some of its toughest measures yet against Russia, including a total ban on oil imports and sanctions on war crime suspects. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said the package was aimed at maximizing pressure on Russia while minimizing damage to Europe. The plan faces an uphill battle after Hungary and Slovakia raised major objections. In response to concerns over the economic impact on Slovakia and Hungary, special arrangements were drafted to give the two countries an extra year to adjust to the ban. However, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban's government signaled major reservations and suggested it may not be possible to support the sanctions package. Finally, the European Commission on Wednesday targeted the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, as part of its sixth package of sanctions against Russia. According to a European External Action Service document seen by Politico, Kirill has been one of the most prominent supporters of the Russian military aggression against Ukraine and a key player in amplifying Russian President Vladimir Putin's rhetoric on Ukraine. The document said that Patriarch Kirill is therefore responsible for supporting or implementing actions or policies which undermine or threaten the territorial integrity, sovereignty, and independence of Ukraine, as well as stability and security in Ukraine. Kirill has been a longtime ally of President Putin. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.